Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. SB Nation Radio, you can uh, check us out weekdays at 6, following Scotty Farrell going coast to coast at 4 o'clock. Uh, Cam, before we get back into uh, to, to our uh, poll question, we got our poll question. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the golf uh, matchup uh, between the quarterbacks and the golfers. Uh, Mickelson and Woods going at it again. This time they're bringing Tom Brady and Peyton Manning uh, to the party. Uh, but I heard a, a woman's voice in the background, uh, Cam. And, you know, you better be careful, buddy, because there was a dude in Spain and everyone's broadcasting from their homes uh, right now. There was a dude in Spain um, who was doing a live television hit and a naked girl walked uh, behind him, like leaving like the shower type of thing. And, um, you know, she's blurred out. She's blurred out. Of course, uh, we like to show you the full video, but, uh, you know, they blurred it out and, oh, you know. Damn censors. So, um, nevertheless, turns out this woman, not his wife. Uh-oh. Yeah, you don't have to worry Uh-oh, about spaghetti Uh-oh, spaghetti Uh-oh, No, I got the lady here. Yeah, she's just uh, she's uh, just having some snacks tell, right now. Tell her to keep her top on, right? Yeah, yeah. Anytime there's a camera going. Because you got caught uh, topless before. Oh, yeah. That was Yang. Yeah, yeah. So I go to my computer one day. Puccio doesn't know this story, right? So I'm all, like, beat down in the morning having coffee. Just, like, no shirt on, you know? Yang's recording, so he kept the picture. I'm like, <laughs> I go, you nice guy, nice Cam guy. Left Gabe. his camera on. Cam <laughs> left everything on, and Cam didn't realize that everyone in the pit in master control could see him. Oh yeah, just no. But not everybody. But Yang that opened up the file, and uh, Yang takes a picture. Hey, you look like Vader. <laughs> I, 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 I do. You looked all surly. You're leaning yeah, okay. in, looking at like you're reading something or. Looking at your sports your sports betting account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me good, Gabe. But yeah, you got to be careful these days. You're right. And, and the best thing about it, I, I like what you told me. You go like the guy claims to be like, hey, I'm I'm a great humanitarian guy. Well, uh, your wife doesn't think so, buddy. Yeah, he's like a right wing uh, right wing pundit. That uh, yeah yeah he's like uh, you know big into marriage and uh, anti gay and everything. And it turns yeah. out yeah he's got a chick that's not his wife on live TV. And you know he told her before too. Yeah. And the best the best part was the best part was was um he sees because you you can you know what I mean when you're looking you can see in the camera he sees her and you can see his face sort of drop. <laughs> like he knows like oh, I'm caught. Like yeah, what, party, what are you gonna say? Party's like, over. Oh, I had no idea there was a naked lady in my bathroom, honey. <laughs> she must have broken in. Yeah, that's why she broke it. Yeah, that's what he should have done, like live TV. Should have tackled her. What the hell? <laughs> he really? He should have thought on the fly. Like, like, just like, hey, hey, you're in the wrong apartment. What the hell's going on here? And then look into the camera on the news. I got to go. Like you slam yeah. it down. Like you make it like it's chaos. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> and you tell her after. That's, like, awesome. Just, that's awesome. You know he had to have told her. Don't come out of the bathroom for the next 10 minutes. I told you, buddy. People don't listen. What about the NASCAR with the kids? I'm like, so the kid ruined your simulated NASCAR race? Like, you didn't think about locking the door or putting a chair in the front there? Like, hey, come on, people. Get, 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 get your head out of your bum, man. That's just stupid. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand that either. There's, you know, we showed the video, but also she was bringing him Coca-Colas during the race. That's what you get for overpimping your sponsor, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's a good because point. He was telling his, you know, his little girl, "Hey, can you, hey, honey, get me a coke," and they made a point of it, right? She'd yeah. open it for him, and he's drinking the coke during the race just to let the sponsors know, "I got your back, still. I'm drinking coke." Like these guys are hardcore. Like really, no one brought that up, Ken. That's why she was going in and out. She was bringing them cokes. And then she ended up leaning on the wrong button. <laughs> Still an idiot move. You could have your own Cokes lined up and just do it yourself. Why Why do you need your kid to do it? I know it looks better with the children bringing you a Coke. Like, hey, it's a family time. Dad's driving. I'm bringing him a Coke. But 
What a, it was a stooge move, Marenzi. That's all I got to say. Well, Sunday afternoon, um, Sunday afternoons will have uh, real NASCAR racing in mid uh, mid May. Uh, we'll get into that. But just as far as our poll question uh, is concerned, all right. So uh, pick one. There's only test kits available uh, for one league that can play this summer slash fall upcoming. Which league are you choosing? NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Major League Baseball regular season and playoffs uh, or National Football League regular season, et cetera, into the playoffs. I guess you can't be a shock which league is leading. But, Cam, which one are you picking? Think about it. So this summer. That's so tough. I didn't think you, this I August, you can only pick your, one of these I don't leagues. I like your test. I don't like your test. I wanted you to put some loser stuff in there. Like, I, like how do you pick? Like Sophie Shorts. Yes, it's impossible. I got to go NFL, but it's tough, man. Missing the, really? You're going NFL, huh? Yeah, missing the end. I was going to go NHL, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with the, the National Football League. Then I'd go with NBA. I'd probably put baseball in the four hole, like if I had to rank them. But I'll tell you, Gabe, you, you, you made it tough. Only one? Only one? I think one. I'd have to go with football. Uh, Puccio? You. Puccio saying, where's the uh, Serie A? Yeah, yeah. Puccio <laughs> wants Juventus. Where, where's EPL? Yeah. NBA Puccio playoffs. saying, where's, where's the EPL league? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Puccio. We'll get to know your team soon. What about, uh, so he he's liking everybody NBA. Hates, everybody hates Juventus. Except Pozzola. He's president of the Juventus fan club, isn't he? Anyway. Uh, uh, so Puccio, Pozzola, you guys ever cross paths on, on Twitter at all? <laughs> nope. <laughs> What are, what's yours, Gabe? I know what you're is a real smug Juventus fan, too. Yeah, he gets, yeah, very pretty cocky. A lot of Juventus Actually, I went to the Juventus Supporters Club when I used to work with those Italian guys at Petro Canada. It was a great day. Free food, free drink. I, I had a good time. Anyway, I'm not, I have nothing bad to say. You know say. who my Italian side was? Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah. My buddy, you know what my buddy's team is? Real losers? Bologna. <laughs> Bologna. <laughs> I remember when I used to... When I used to bet, I used to bet in Italian League. You know why? It was, uh, who was the Argentinian guy? Was it Gabriel Batista? Was it uh, Gabriel Batista? He used to be on uh, Fiorentina. And you know what? Yeah, oh, was it uh, Batista? Yeah, the blonde, blonde hair. Exactly. In the old Fiorentina days. I won money on him a couple of times. But, um, no, I used to be twisted by our boys in Montreal uh, in NDG, uh, AC Milan. Yeah, that's that's Puccio's team. Yeah, AC Milan, that's Dog's team too. Like AC, <laughs> like. Uh... Hey, you can't complain about AC Milan. Yeah, AC Milan. Um, all right, so twelve point five percent NBA playoffs, thirty one point three percent NHL playoffs. Wow, we have a lot of Canadians is... respond. Wow, wow, wow. Major League Baseball, nine point nine percent. NFL football, forty six point four percent. Yeah, tough. What if I, I put the Masters in this? Oh, I know. You didn't even put PGA in there. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> I'm just happy that we're getting sports like back. Like you at but... a buffet, deciding what you put on your plate. You're first. right. Like, Cam, you can only go to the buffet and put one meat on your plate. I mean, that's come a, that's, on. That's, that's, that'll be the yeah, next it, it is demented. It's it's cruel and unusual punishment. Like <laughs> yeah, well, dude, people like food polls. I, you know, I don't yeah. like uh, I can't spend all day. <laughs> Uh, you know, busted down we'll do food bowls. Down the road, we'll put a food But I, I like that one. You can only pick one item. Cam picks one item. What? Which one do you think he picks? We'll try to get into the mind of, of Cam Stewart. But let me ask you, I remember last year around this time, I thought it was stupid. I didn't like it. I didn't watch it. I literally, I, I you know what? It was funny. We were recording the record, I believe, or we were rehearsing for the record or whatever, Homicide, uh, our band. And I didn't see it, but I did bet on it. And I took Phil to be Tiner. Yes, and, you did. Yeah. Big underdog too. And we knew because we discussed guys at the time. Phil number one is a hustler, better gambler in real life. You drop a bag of ten million dollars in front of this guy, he'll beat anybody. Like yeah. he'll he'd, he'd beat Jack for ten mil on a one on one just because yeah, he he'd want it so badly like that. Like he he dude, that's as important as a green jacket to him that he won that ten mil and then he beat Tiger. Like he was so happy, and to me, it was so greedy. It was like, you know, and they both kind of sucked at the time, too, anyways, right? You know, it was like when they did it, it was like, no one cares, man. You know what I mean? Tiger's beat up. You know, he, I don't even think he had the Masters win yet. And um, and he got Phil. It's like, and then you guys are barely giving any money to charity. I didn't care. 
So now, though, people are starved for content. They're doing it again, but they knew that there would be a backlash and it'd be like, ah, whatever, if they just did it to two of them. So they're bringing uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady to the party. And we have odds now, Cam. So uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning, minus 200. And it opened up in the minus 180 range. It's been bet up. It's been bet up to minus 200 uh, versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, plus 170. Phil's going to get the action, but what do you make of this, Cam? And I've done a little research as far as Brady and Manning's golf games are concerned as well. So what, what do you got for me? What, what's your take on that's, the number here? That's what I want to hear about that. And I will say this. Tiger Woods losing for the first time when he, he was he was winning that match. Let's remember. And Phil yes, came, you're right. That's not going to happen again. And and Tiger knows Phil's game. Phil, I'll give you a little bit of taste. And you're right. Phil's a weird guy. Like, I remember I saw him on Faraday, too. He's talking about, I didn't even care. I just practiced my chipping. I just wanted to see the sauce, like how much I could back up the ball, even if it went on the green. He's a different kid. He just likes reaction and, hey, I'm the man type of guy. Like, he's not a like just a no-frills player. Everything has to be about Phil. This time, though, I'm going to tell you, Tiger Woods and Manning, uh, are, are going to take these guys out to the woodshed, in my opinion. I don't really want to lay the 200 game, but um, I, ha- I would have to assume is Banning a better golfer than Brady, too? He's got a hell of a lot more time on his hands. He is. That's so Tiger, the thing. They're going to kill him, then. Uh, nobody's nailed down Brady's score. Um, Brady's a shifty guy, right? He's just always got that oh, yeah. grin, and you know he never really tells. He's like, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. About that guy. Yeah, he's seen a sandbag. Manning is well documented because you know why? As you stated, Manning's played in like Tahoe. He's played in tournaments. Manning's been around and played it before in public. And it's well documented now. Manning average score, 80. Not bad. Manning shoots an 80 on average. And supposedly he's one and a half to two strokes better than Brady. Okay. Brady's word is Brady comes in at about an 82, 83 when he plays. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you're going to get Manning and Tiger Woods, who are both bet like the one team has both better golfers, I have. They're going to win because of Manning. That'll be Manning's going to be draining putts and stuff, bro. I'm telling you, Manning's going to get it done. <laughs> I, I'm with you, and I don't think I think a lot of people because of Phil of these things will take the underdog. This time I will not. I'll take the. I'm favorite. with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Last year we were on Phil, but this year it's Tiger and uh, and like we said, it's a good point. Manning has more time on his hands. Brady's too busy cheating right now with Gronkowski and Leftwich oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and the Buccaneers. Going into the wrong house. Hey, I, did I meet Mr. Leftwich? Yeah, no. I'm just, <laughs> Peyton Manning's got a lot of time. Don't worry about it. And him and Tiger, they're be, they won't be fooling around this time either. So yeah, I'm gonna bet on uh, Woods and Manning. All right, so here's a really, here's a story. Got some college football news, guys. Nice. Uh, yeah, and you're going to like this. Two things you love, Kev. College football and beer. Uh, amen, brother. I don't understand this story. I don't understand this. So two men were charged after breaking in to Neyland Stadium, the Tennessee Volunteer yep. Stadium. Two men were uh, charged with breaking into Neyland Stadium. But, like, this week, this happened this past weekend, all right? Like, number one, there's nothing there. I know. What are these guys doing? It's shut down. Like, there's, you're in, like, a lockdown, although Tennessee's kind of a loose lockdown or whatever. But according to uh, multiple media outlets, two individuals, uh, Rachel Barber of uh, Nashville, Spencer Rancencio, Nengumaya of uh, Indiana, uh, were charged with breaking and entering into Neyland Stadium. Both individuals were booked in the Knox County Detention Center on charges charges of burglary. They were part of uh, five individuals who allegedly crawled underneath a fence to gain entry into Neyland Stadium. All right, so you figure, all right, college kids, drunk, yeah, ah, whatever, who cares, right? A bit. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so the stadium was empty, but security cameras uh, monitored the stadium 24-7. Security cameras captured the group inside of facilities. Police were alerted. When police arrived, uh, they found the girl and the guy carrying a 24-pack of beer apiece. Uh, they admitted that they had no, uh, you know, no other intention to cause any damage in the stadium, but they were looking for beer in the stadium, and they found cases in the concession stands. Now, they actually charged them with the value of the beer. 
like they're 12, $13 beers. They charge them $625 worth of theft. But let me ask you, Cam. That makes no sense to me. Why are there still cases? Like how long did, how old are the beer are they selling? The when season's been over for a long time, bro. When and the call season it doesn't lead. start. Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why do you guys even have beer? Why, why are your concession stands empty? Like, that's what I thought. I'm like, why are there cases of beer lying around in your stadium? And they don't have refrigerators that are operating. So you're just telling me. I walk yeah, into a stadium. Yeah, and I, I walk in, I see a wall of beer, and they're actually not empty. It's like, what the and hell? And it must be word on the street because the kids knew. They said, no, we just came to get the beer. It must be a loose secret on campus or something that you can sneak in and steal beer or something. You said it, though. Like, things don't get ready till like, like late August or October. And, and, and so imagine you and I, Ken. We go to the old home opener of a Vols game. Yeah, give me and my boy Cam an ice, ice cold one, sir. We're getting a beer from like 14 months ago. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke. I will say this too, like yeah, MetLife Stadium. Yeah, dude, I leave there all the time. I leave there at nighttime, man. Once I saw I had this uh, this driver, this Puerto Rican chick, all right. And um, before I started doing Uber here, so she drove me everywhere. I'd pay her. She yeah. was cool. It was a little more than Uber, but it was nice to have the personal touch. Yes. It was like 24-7, wherever you are, three in the morning, drunk, sober, like whatever. It's like, all right, you know what I mean? Pick me up. Except she was crazy, and she didn't care about rules, basically. Like, she used to plow through things. That you, you know, said, don't go there. Yep. And at the Meadowlands, anyone who's been there, it's quite the property. Oh, it's huge. I know. So I was it's dark, man. This lady pulled in, and I told her. I said, no, 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 no. You can't turn there. <laughs> She went in to the stadium, bro. I thought we were gonna get shot. I swear to God, I was like, man, they're gonna shoot us. Like, yeah. there's a car at two in the morning that just basically crashed the gate. Like, she went, like, there's a gate. She went in, like, we were this close to like driving on the field, bro. Wow. And <laughs> she's like, oh, I'll just tell them I'm lost. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, oh, I don't know. I said, I think they're going to arrest us. I said, we just like, we're trespassing into MetLife Stadium right now. Like I told her, I said, this isn't good. I said, you got to turn around fast. And nothing happened. No one came. And then Late I realized, yeah, I was thinking they probably just watch us on the camera and realize that ah, these idiots, they'll just spin around and leave. <laughs> Cam, I thought, oh man, there's going to be snipers taking us out any second here. Can't screw around like that. You're lucky. Yeah. So just, just the story's so stupid. Uh, that they admitted that they, they knew there was beer there. So I don't, I don't know. I don't even blame the kids. I blame the idiots. I agree. People. What are you guys leaving cases of beer around for? Exactly. Put it in a thing and lock it. What, are you guys leaving hot dogs? Are there hot dogs there too? You got popcorn? Are you going to sell the same popcorn from last year? There, there's our college football update. <laughs> there's there's the, uh, the college uh, football uh, update. Game time decisions. Get on the grid. Loudest station in the nation. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Time to sit continues. I am Renzi. Throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart, at SportsGrid.com, SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. Uh, great show uh, today. Having a lot of fun covering all the bases. Uh, we promised some NASCAR uh, talk and some NASCAR news, and uh, we, we will deliver. Um, NASCAR is coming back. It's not even hypothetical. They are coming back. The only question is when. And when I say that, they're just when, as in May 9th or May 16th, yep. May 23rd, in that range. But it looks like it's going to be Darlington and South Carolina, May 16th, May 17th. And very, very interesting. Uh, Denny Hamlin's crew chief. Uh, this is something interesting for futures, basically. He has his own podcast, and he was talking about how they're very excited, but it's going to be very challenging, and about how the crew chiefs are really going to be very, very critical uh, this year. All right, he goes, uh, this is going to look like unlike any NASCAR season in our history by a mile. Obviously, being a crew chief, I'm a major part of building a plan and unfolding that lo the, this logistically. 
Crew chiefs have enough variables to deal with on a daily basis under normal circumstances. This will be an amount of variables that are completely unparalleled. You're going to see a lot like a year ago when a new rule package was unfolded. There was so much uncertainty. You never know who's going to be up front, uh, when or why. Well, this is going to be very similar, but a different way because we're dealing with so many different unknowns of how to prepare for a race. In part because uh, there's, get this, they're banging off the races. There's going yeah. to be midweek races. That's wild. Like Saturday and Wednesday. Two races a week. I like it. So That's he's basically saying there's no time to practice or check data, basically. So the question I asked to you is, when you're coming back in this way, what who do you think would have the advantage? Like, if you're looking at favorites versus dogs, whatever, like, well, how this do you is what he talks about, yeah. so get this. Okay. So he goes, um, he starts talking about the challenges. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Chris Gabehart, uh, Denny Hamlin's crew chief. So he goes, if we go into Wednesday racing, not only are we not going to get to practice or qualify, but our prep time will be cut in half because you'll be racing Sunday, then Wednesday, then Sunday again, and then Wednesday again. It's a lot of differences. There's a lot to keep track of as a crew chief right now. Uh, certainly the planning side of this is actually going to matter. There was a while where it was a few weeks where it didn't uh, do a whole lot because uh, the schedule wasn't going to change 10 minutes from now anyways. We're past that. This is real. So he's saying it's not hypothetical. It's real. They're doing this. Uh, I like this. He says they've already planned meeting with Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're already figuring it out, the social distancing with the crew chiefs, and, and, and they're already going through practices of how to do it. And he talked about the tracks that they're going to go to. He says, uh, obviously, what the situation is, we can't race at every track. So uh, NASCAR, he goes, we're going to probably repeat races at certain tracks. Interesting. Yeah. And guys are better at certain, certain tracks. tracks. Yes. And he goes, we couldn't be more excited. Denny thrives on these tracks. Um, there could be multiple trips to Charlotte Motor Speedway, Darlington, South Carolina, Martinsville, uh, Bristol and Atlanta. So basically those are the tracks they know they can race at. And that's going to be the NASCAR season. It's going to be like three races every seven days, bro. Pretty insane. That is insane. a lot of stuff to bet on, bro. So I'm going to tell you, Gabe, obviously you talk about it. Horses for courses, cars for tracks, yes, right? Sir. So, uh, you'd have to look at like, and you know, cookie cutter track versus whatever. So you'll have the data who have done well on these tracks before also. This is um, what he says, Cam, sorry. So Gabe Hart yeah. says about Denny Hamlin, who reached a 2019 championship uh, round in his first season with Denny Hamlin. These racetracks are right in Denny's uh, wheelhouse. Honestly, I couldn't be more excited about the schedule. It sounds like they're laying in front of us. I think there's going to be a ton of opportunities to wrap our hands, wrap our hands around this firmly, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one thing I love about the sport and the amount of the challenges at the end of the day, whether it be a Saturday or Sunday or maybe even on a Wednesday, they're going to hand out a checkered flag and a trophy. And it signifies whoever did the best on that day. I don't care what the rules or circumstances were. That's our report card. I like Sounds it. like a guy that's ready to race. It does. And I'll tell you one thing, too, from this. I think this is going to be a big advantage to the favorites rather than the underdogs. Underdogs would need more time to do stuff. The guys already have a better car, no, you're right. better pit crew, know the situation a lot more. It'd be harder for like some guy. If a guy had more time, you could kind of figure it out. But I'd have to go with the best equipment team and all that stuff. Kind you know of who's a top. killer on these tracks, Cam? Martin Truex. Martin Truex is going to crush it. Yeah. yeah. Martin yeah. Truex is a, this guy is a serial killer on these tracks, bro. Um, he's going to be right, right in the mix. You know, Kev, Kevin Harvick's sort of good everywhere, right? Like he, he's good, but these are sort of the, we call them camp, the cookie cutter tracks. Yeah. They're the cookie cutters and you know, the cookie cutters, you're exactly right, bro. The car matters. Why? Longer straightaways camp, right? The short track, you go to Martinsville, you go to these short track camps, the driver skills matter. You're all boxed in. You're only going 80 miles an hour a lot of times. Now you're not going as fast. It's more of your skill. Road courses, more of your skill, right? Dang, you get on these cookie cutters. It's just sort of physics, Ken. Joe Gibbs got a better car yeah. than you. Who's got the best and car? And over yeah. 400 laps, he goes faster. <laughs> like, you yep. know what I mean? Like, Unless there's a breakdown. You're absolutely correct. And that's the way to cap these races. 
Very interesting, Gabe. You're right. The road races, you see more dogs in, in, in those type of races. I'm rather getting all than, fired up. I'm looking at FanDuel right now as we speak. I'm looking. I'm like, where are the odds? Give me odds. Where's the, where's the NASCAR future winner? Do they have them? No, not up. Yeah, they got to think about it. Because think about this from the book's perspective. They know this stuff, too. Like, who? This guy does well. Like, they have to think about it, too. Who's going to be the champion at the end of the season, breaking it down game? It's very different yeah. from the books because they know uh, some of the usual suspects are going to be there all the time. It's going to be interesting. Um, very uh, good article over at uh, Covers.com uh, about uh, the Korean Baseball League. And if you're in case anybody's wondering, so the Korean Baseball League, they've begun um, exhibition games. They're only playing, like, a week of exhibition or something. They're starting the season on the 5th. Uh, they're starting the season on the 5th, which is, uh, what, Tuesday? Yeah. Except, except one thing with the, the time zone difference, their games are like 5 in the morning type thing. So they're t so Monday night to us. So imagine Monday night at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., technically Tuesday morning. I think that's when it'll start for them. Uh, don't hold me to it exactly. We'll break it down on Monday. But remember I told you, I said, I know the league pretty well. I bet uh, Asian baseball... And I said it's a higher scoring league. It's the one thing to keep your eye on. And Covers did a good job, um, just sort of, um, you know, crib notes for people that are going to be uh, betting for the first time on the Korean Baseball League. Formed in 1982. Um, formed in 1982. The league has uh, grown. It's grown into a pretty big league, actually. They play 144 games. That's a lot of games. <laughs> 144 games. Offense friendly league. Uh, the games average 9.1 total runs per game last year. Hmm. So there's an average of nine runs a game. Totals are in the eight and a half to nine and a half range, but can also reach upwards of 12 and a half. Sounds like Major League Baseball. Um, if In case you're wondering about the finances of the league, they are the third highest paid baseball players in the world. Hmm. Major League Baseball, number one. Japan League, Man. number two. Yep. Korean League, number three. Um, if you're wondering about players that have made it after, uh, Hung, Hung Nam Choi of the Cardinals got a $101 million uh, contract. Of course, Ryu Dodgers. Um, if you go down, um, you know, there's been quite a few. Uh, Hope Park. There's been a few uh, Korean guys uh, in Major League uh, Baseball. Uh, but as far as, um, as far as the totals are concerned, it is an over league, and it's something to keep your eye on. And it was interesting that they bring up, actually, when games, there's a lot of late runs in games in the Korean League. What, bad closers? Yes, sir. Bad bad bullpens. Yeah. And I guess it's almost part of the culture of the league where they give up on the game. So it's like, all right, we're losing 8-1. Put the crappy kid pitcher in. Let's see yeah. what he's got. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, like they call it the B bullpen. Yeah. They go to like the B thing and they worry about the next game the next day with their A guys type thing. And it leads to a lot of late-inning runs. I'm telling you, I've been betting this league, and I told you, I was naive and thinking, oh, it's an Asian league. It'll go under. Yeah, yeah, I learned the hard way. It doesn't. <laughs> These games, Cam, are like 7-6 after four innings. I'm telling you. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in with the overs early. We'll step up uh, with, with the overs uh, early. Like, you know, to put, it in, uh, to put it in context, the team with the best ERA in the league had a 3-4-8 ERA. Huh. So, you know, there, there's offense. The KBO averaged 1.4 home runs per game in 2019, which ironically enough is the exact same rate as Major League Baseball. And we yeah. saw there were a lot of home runs in Major League Baseball. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. Uh, teams average a combined 18.26 hits per game That's in the lot. Korean League. Yeah, Major League Baseball, 17.29. Uh -huh. You know, we bring this stuff up, guys, because some sports books are going to have live in-game betting. How many hits in a game? Yeah, we're giving you all the, the pertinent details uh, that, uh, that you're looking at uh, here. Um, defense, not a, not a big defensive league. Like I said, defenses are kind of short. It's, it's not like Japan. Japan's got great defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Japan, uh, Japan. So what's interesting about this, too, and nobody really ever thought about this, Kev. You can't spin anymore. No. And the players are having a hard time. They're serial spitters. No, exactly. Like baseball players, like they, they naturally right. just spit spitting out of habit. Feet, like poof, spitting poof, everything. Poof. Spitting chew. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. So like they like it's been a problem. Like they, they have to tell them, stop, yeah. stop. No, you can't spit. 
Think you ever seen a big a big league dugout after a game? It's disgusting. It is. Yeah, you're right. Seeds, gum, just uh, yeah. Tobacco, it's thick juice and stuff. Yeah. Like it's gross. You know what's crazy actually? I, there was a big about Dennis Robin in the last dance. It came out after Carmen Electra said that they also had sex at uh, at center court at the uh, the Bulls practice uh, court. Fantastic. And I'm like, ah, big deal. And uh, <laughs> big deal. So the last night the Montreal Expos played, it was their last ever game at home. And um, I, my girlfriend at the time, wasn't even really with her. It was like my ex-girlfriend, but I was close with her or whatever. She knew it was like an emotional night. It was like the Expos were leaving. And she came like at the end of the night. And um, it was one of those things. I was like, you know what? Never had sex in a Major League Baseball dugout before. That's a great, yeah. Right, so. <laughs> that's a, actually a great way of thinking she brought, of it. She brought yeah. like a bunch of bottles of booze and wine oh, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we wait and after, so we go down and I'm the, I'm the post game show, so I can go wherever the hell I want, right? So I've got, I go down, we go into the dugout and stuff, except it wasn't very romantic. No. Like, uh, and past that, it was disgusting. You know what I mean? There was uh, it was just garbage, like spit, saliva, tobacco, gum. Did you think about doing it on the turf? So, well, that's it. So, <laughs> we went out into uh, into the outfield yeah, and uh, had like a little picnic from like two in the morning to four in the morning or something out there. So we weren't the only ones. The outfield, there was people getting wasted, like workers yeah. out there and stuff. It was an emotional night. They were taking offenses down and stuff. But yeah, I had sex uh, at center field. Fantastic. Yeah, right on, on the, the AstroTurf. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> Better oh. than the dugout. Cleaner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's more to the story, actually. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we have sex on the turf and stuff. And, uh, you know, without getting too, too detailed. So we have sex, sex out there on the turf. After they took that turf, they moved it to BC Place, oh, where the BC Lions play. So you have DNA at BC Place. So I was watching a Lions game, and once there was a dude's face first in the turf, <laughs> and I said to someone, I said, man, he better hope that that ain't the piece of turf that I was on, because he ain't going to be happy knowing what's on in that grass. That's great. I love they ship it, ship it to BC place. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like you see these weird movies, you know, like you know, like Homer Simpson. Like there's a thing once that goes back in time and like Homer drools and changes the DNA in the world. Like he drools it's sort of like the effect yep. on nature that it had his DNA. I thought about that. I was like, man, that's weird. I'm like, man, there's like my DNA on the turf of a stadium 3,000 miles away from me. <laughs> yeah. Think about that, Ken. Like, think about that in life, like, just about, like, the, the weirdness of it, without getting too graphic. But, yeah, yeah, but no, when I saw, hey, when I saw Raman and uh, Carmen Electra, I'm like, yeah, big deal. Yeah. Have you done in center field before yeah, in a big league yeah, stadium? Yeah, yeah, Olympic Stadium, buddy. Come on. You got to catch up. Big deal. <laughs> That's great. Uh, um, <laughs> So Arkansas Derby, uh, Cam. We got a couple of uh, couple of minutes uh, left uh, here. Last yep. crack to uh, to step up and in. You know, Cam. It's funny. I went into it when well, we talked about this yesterday. I went into it. and I told you. I think one favorite rolls and the other one doesn't. Yep. And I thought Charlottetown. And now I've almost changed my mind. I think Nadal probably wins and Charlottetown doesn't. I can't bet Charlottetown at one to one, Cam. No, I, I I think Charlatan wins, and I don't think Nadal wins, but I'll tell you in that race with Charlatan, who the horses we like, Anou Dor, gold ring in, in French, winning impression is a crazy underdog, but wrecking crew. Watch out for wrecking crew and Anou Dor in the race that I think Charlatan wins. I'm doing, yeah, you can't just bet Charlatan to win the race. You're going to have to mix it up with exactactas and tries, and those, is the, those are the horses I like in that race, Gabe. Anou Dor, wrecking crew. Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, I'm really starting to buy in on Anno Dor as well uh, in this race. You know, to me, there just is not enough, uh, not enough value. Listen, you got to put. Uh, I don't have a problem with putting Charlatan in um, 
in 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 your your exotics, yep. you know, one eight, one sevens, and, and stuff like that, and mixing it up a little bit. But you're right. When I look at it, you know what? Gouverneur Morris impresses me as well, Cam. Yeah, he's good. You know, horse. one four's got to be in the mix. The problem with uh, Gouverneur Morris is he's not getting a lot of value in the nope. four to one, three to four to one uh, range. But when it's all said and done, if I have to pick one horse, I would go with Anno Dor, the eight horse. And in the other race, I think Farmington Road and Silver Prospector, other than uh, other than Nadell, are horses to look for. You know what? Interesting, Farmington Road, nice long shot right there. I don't have a problem. Good pedigree uh, right there. Yeah, Silver Prospector. We were talking with Lindsay about this one on the podcast, and he was saying that that's a trendy pick with a lot of the horse cappers. Listen, Silver Prospector beat Tis the Law before, who won the Florida Derby. Uh, Silver Prospector finished fourth in Derby uh, before he's got uh, he's got some experience. A nice horse game time decision continues. We talk some Packers football. Bring it. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decision continues. Get on the grid. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down on the grid. And, of course, the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. Let's do this thing. We promise some Packer talk. We're going to deliver. Maybe a little Philadelphia Eagle talk sprinkled on top uh, as well. But uh, let's send it uh, to Wisconsin. Jim Ozarski steps up and in from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as we talk some Packer football. Jim, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. A lot of stuff to unpack. I'm thinking it's kind of like one of those Russian dolls <laughs> when it comes to the Packers, right? Sort of take, you know, it's very dynamic and complicated. And we see now the after effects in which not just media types, but Chris Collinsworth says, I'd be enraged uh, if I was uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Brett Favre, of course, Brett Favre's got an opinion. Uh, Brett Favre says, yeah, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not going to finish his career with the Green Bay right. Packers. And me and my co-host were talking about this uh, yesterday, actually. I asked him, do you think he finished his career with the Packers? He said, no, I don't think so either. So I'll ask you a lot of questions I want to throw at you. But number one, does Aaron, is, does Aaron Rodgers retire Packer or is he playing another jersey before he's done? Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't see how in this day and age you can predict anyone finishes with their original team. Um, yeah. Especially after we just saw with Brady, right? Yeah, even after, I mean, even before. Montana. Yeah, even before this draft. I mean, Rodgers had said he wanted to play through age 40. Uh, the Packers signed him through age 40. But, you know, it's not like he said, I'm ready to hang it up then. I mean, and I don't know if the Packers would have been willing to, you know, sign him to 40 to 43. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I I guess I could say, no, I didn't expect him to finish his career in Green Bay. Obviously, this particular draft um, maybe starts the clock a little sooner. You know, one thing, and I've been talking a lot about the Eagles, actually, and Philly fans are very, you know, reactionary in the best of times. They hate their players when they win the Super Bowl half the time. You know what I mean? They hate it half the team. So they're very reactionary, but it seems like it's sort of settled down after a couple of days. They're like, you know what? Jalen Hurts, eh, makes sense. Wentz gets hurt, et cetera. Has it settled down <laughs> in Green Bay at all, or are people still scratching their heads right now? What's the what's the word on the street with the fan? Are they, you know what, this is a smart move for the organization moving forward, or are people like, why are we pissing Aaron Rodgers off like this? What's the word on the street that you hear? Yeah, it's, um, it, first of all, it has not settled down, and even if it was starting to, Brett Favre yeah. threw gasoline all over it with his comments <laughs> just the other day. Um but no, I, so draft night, uh, we did a poll over at jsonline.com, and it was about 50-50 with fans being upset and fans understanding the pick. Um, so I think there's a – I think it's in that range. It's still a – went to an NFC Championship game, no free agent receivers, no drafted receivers. You know, why did they do that? And then there is that other group of fans who kind of get it. I mean, there, there's – Rodgers is 36, you know, and who's to say what'll happen in two years. So it, it's, it's definitely more on the side of thinking they didn't help the current roster for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they upsetting the quarterback? But there's also a sense of, is he that upset? I, I don't know. We, Cause we haven't heard from him. 
You know, one thing, uh, what's your take on this? Because I'm actually a defender of the Packers, and I was last year, and I'm a betting man. We do the show at a FanDuel uh, in New Jersey, New York, et cetera. And I like the team. And a lot of people are like, bro, that's like, they're not a real 13-win team. Or that's the worst team to ever make it to the NFC Conference Championship game. You heard that a lot. I don't really buy into that. I'm like, you know what? They were one win away from the Super Bowl. And with challenges, they were one win away from the Super Bowl. The wheels fell off early in that football game. It was hard to, to get, you know, get the train back on the track. I get it. But, you know, I like the direction uh, of the team. You know, the offense was changing a little bit. Um, so it is kind of strange. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just the, the first pick. Then they come back with A.J. Dillon after. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, the, the when Jones finally started to live up to the hype. Right. You know, you draft a running back uh, who had 800, what, 845 college carries. Um, that's a workload coming yeah. into the NFL. And you're right. A second round pick is uh, look, there's some status there, but you're right. I think offensively um, they're moving in a direction where it, it can help. Ideally it helps the quarterback play better or more consistently. Look, Aaron Rodgers. Um, last year, great total, you know, total numbers, but there was really only a four game stretch where he looked vintage, Yeah, you know, and, and the other 12 were okay. I mean, he's not going to hurt you by any I means. I remember he was off in the, in the conference championship game to be yeah. beginning, even you know, he sailed a couple of passes early. He was rattled early in that game. I, you're, I, you can't disagree with that. Yeah, so I think that this the move at least with Dylan Jake, uh, Josiah DeGuara in the third round is to help that offense and help that run game. Um, I think what they truly believe in Green Bay is the Shanahan model of you can kind of plug and play any receiver, and it's a little easier to do when you have Devontae Adams as your number one. You know, it's an interesting, and I read your column, and it's amazing. So 35 wide receivers taken. 35 and not one for Aaron. He's thinking not one. Right. And they basically I, said, well, there were, it was a you know, historic wide receiver class at the top end, but we didn't like anybody after the fact. It's like, come on. And yeah, you, know, I, you can't like one guy. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's a little easier to say, or maybe the thing you have to say after the fact, right. When you, when you don't land a guy um, and, but, you know, to your point earlier about that, they did win 13 games. They went to an NFC title game. I guess we could argue they're better already. We don't know what Devin Funches is going to be. You know, he missed almost all of last year with that broken collarbone in Indianapolis, but he's at least a proven NFL receiver with, you know, he's, he's not 33. So he's already coming in with more pelts on the wall than anyone else they've already had. So, is that a sexy name? No, but it's still a name that they didn't have a year ago. One thing that uh, blew me away, uh, it was, uh, we talked about this on yesterday's program, career, career TD passes to first round picks. Drew Brees, 104. Tom Brady, 105. Peyton Manning, 293. Brett Favre, 127. Dan Marino, 84. Phillip Rivers, 35. Ben Roethlisberger, 69. Aaron Rodgers, one. Mercedes Lewis in 2019. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, before we sort of move on from just the Rogers stuff, but going back from afar, it seemed to me that there's always sort of a power struggle or they want to let them know, we don't look at you as the same king that the media like builds you up as, right? Or, you know, we find out Tom Brady wasn't in control of New England either, but I'm just saying like going back to the Alex Van Pelt stuff, how do you fire a guy's QB coach without telling him? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, otherwise, unless you're trying to piss them off, right? It's one thing to call them and say, listen, we're, we're, this is why we're letting them go, right? You know, the Jordy Nelson, it almost seems like before with McCarthy, sort of like Brady and Belichick, it was almost like a pissing match. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I see this from the outside. And now I see it. It's like, man, you guys just seem to like to upset this guy who's already a volatile guy, it seems like. Yeah, you know what's interesting is – the, the comparisons with Belichick, I, I guess, are fair in that the organization handles organization stuff. So whether it's firing and hiring coaches, whether it's drafting players, signing players or not, they do their own thing. The quarterback is not involved. The quarterback's not consulted. They don't really concern themselves with the feelings of the quarterback. Now, in New England, um, 
they have six rings and nine, what, nine Super Bowl appearances to show for it. And it's kind of everyone kind of shrugs. It's like, well, it is what it is. Right. Um, well, we're in Green Bay. They have one Super Bowl appearance uh, since 2008. And so I think, honestly, if the, if the shoe's on the other foot, if the, the Packers had stacked that much success, I don't know if we really care about all this other stuff or even if Rogers cares. Right. I just think they haven't won that much. I mean, yeah. they've been to NFC title games, but they haven't won the rings. So I think all of this stuff kind of gets churned up. And because, I mean, look, it, it and let's let's be honest, Tom Brady, what did he ever say in 20 years in New England? Rodgers is more vocal. He's that type of guy where he'll let <laughs> he lets his feelings be known. Right. And, you know, it's interesting watching the last uh, dance documentary. It's something that I heard about Jordan in the past that Jerry Krause said, you know, he never came to me and said, sign this guy, fire this guy. He was upset about the Phil Jackson stuff after. Uh, but not all stars, you know, a lot of people just sort of think, oh, star players are on the phone and let's draft this guy. And no, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, there's, there, there's a, there's a structure and a command uh, structure in place uh, with these organizations. So ne never mind the fact of, all right, ooh, they took a quarterback. The question is, did they take the right quarterback? What, yeah, what was your take on Jordan Love coming into this? So what was, what's your take on the pick? Let, let's throw out the drama side. Let's just talk straight up. Jordan Love is the pick as a football player. Yeah, it's uh, it fits what they like in terms of he. First of all, he's big. What six four, two twenty four. He can move a little bit. His arm. He can, you know, throw from different arm angles. Throw off schedules. So he kind of can do all the unstructured stuff that you can't coach. And the the arm strength. Yeah, he was called thing. the poor man's Mahomes almost yeah. coming into this, right? So yeah. There's so there's that, and then I think what they feel is the guy Jordan Love, the person the student in the classroom will be able to learn Matt LaFleur's offense. will be able to execute those things. I think they kind of, uh, I don't want to say toss aside his 17 interception senior season or junior redshirt junior season, but they understand it with coaching changes and talent and all that stuff. Um, it makes sense. Look, you, look, they were picking at the bottom of the first round, you know, I mean, he's not Joe Burrow or, or clearly what other teams thought in Tua or Justin Herbert, so there's room to grow, right? Um, I don't think, you know, Rodgers was different when they picked him. They, they, there was a real thought that Rodgers would be the number one overall pick. You know, I don't think Love was in that yeah. conversation. So you I know, think they're, they're gambling a little bit that in a year or two, he can really kind of put the NFL offense part of it together to match with, obviously, some really interesting physical skills. I got to ask you, man. How many Runyons are there in the offensive linemen in the, in the, in the, Run, the Runyon family here? Huh? And you know, as being an Eagle, uh, I see you got yeah. an Eagle hoodie on. I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, there's another one, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, it's funny because he, uh, John Runyon, uh, he, he said he was like seven seven years old. So he remembers fourth and 26, the, the Fred Mitchell oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred, you know, he, was, he was in the stands with his dad playing. It's, um, you, know, that, you know, just in general, though, you know, here's a guy they think is going to be a guard. They drafted a whole bunch of interior linemen. Um, so that adds to the, I think, Packer fan angst to a degree is, you know, not only did they not take a receiver, then they drafted a bunch of interior linemen <laughs> at the end of the, or in the middle of their draft. So you look at the division, though, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen? And it's, it's really tough, obviously. <laughs> but do you think the NFL plays – in their own stadiums with no fans? Or do you think they set up shop like in a Florida and a Texas and sort of split things up in a couple of places? What are you hearing? What's the talk amongst the politicians and, and the medical experts in the area? Is there a feeling that, you know what, we could play in the stadium at Lambeau, but with no fans? Or, or what, what's, what's the word there? You know, honestly, at least here in Wisconsin, um, sports, uh, all levels have taken a back seat to a lot of the, the what they call here safer at home orders, um, very little discussion yeah. on the NFL level. Even at Wisconsin Badgers, you know, um, the, the other the major football program in the state. You know, the Bucks. You know, look, the, the NBA. These guys were NBA Finals favorites. Giannis Antetokounmpo, an NBA MVP favorite. A lot of concern, wonder over this. And he's a free so agent after next year. You know, so they they're wondering where they can play now. I will say this. Um, I do think that it will be tough for the NFL to start on time. 
you know, what is that September 10th? Yeah. Like it just, it just feels like can training camp really start on July 29th with where we're at right now? I I don't know. Um, So they haven't, at least locally, they haven't talked about reopening Lambeau field to 77,000. You know, I I think they want to get that first step done of, you know, can, can they even have training camp, which think about it. That's what 90 guys, uh, you're going to add coaches, doctors, video staff. I mean, you're well over, you're about 130 people. Uh, I mean, they, they, they haven't figured that out yet. The infrastructure and the logistics. Now, the NFL has the power, the money, the infrastructure to do it. But as you stated, I'm with you, actually. And, you know, we talk about timelines a lot here. And I know there was a, there was a report the NFL was talking about kicking off in mid-October, yeah. which I think is more realistic. As you said, so they did the draft. Everything gets pushed back. I heard another another guy, he's, like, uh, he's on the board of directors for the 49ers, but he's actually like a doctor as well. And he's part of the Santa Clara town board, too. So the guy's really in the know. And he was saying, mid-November, we could do this in the stadiums, but with no no fans. That might be a little bit late. But I do think there'll be NFL football. But in unparalleled times right now, man. And now, like, the draft was sort of normal. Now NFL teams are in the land of unnormality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, no training camp. Like, here in, in Green Bay... For instance, um, it's a little different. You know, the publicly owned team, the fans expect to see their their team. So there will be a, an adjustment where you can't go watch OTA or parts of the mini camp. Or, What's it like with the public? Is it more open up or are people more, let's side with safety? It's like, you know, is there a big political push to open up? Yeah, there, there has been a little bit here. Um, I, I would say it's, you know, I think it's worked in Wisconsin to a degree. You know, we, we don't, I mean, of course there are, there are cases, there are people who are dying from this. Um, but it's in terms of other States, other areas, um, it's been okay. You know what I mean? So there is a push to get things going and the governor here at least is moving toward, um, slow reopenings or, or, or things like that, but they definitely haven't moved toward like the mass gathering, as you were saying, stadiums or even let alone football stadiums, let alone a, like a little league game. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And the campus, like yet. that's going to be the big one, right? Madison, the campus and what right. they do, do they go online? The Milwaukee Bucks to me are really interesting. You're talking about a team that was on the verge, knocking on the door. They were smoking teams. And you know, to, to see, I think they'll end up playing as well. So let me ask you before we get out of here and Puccio, keep me, uh, keep me on track uh, here. Uh, we're not on the clock. Like all talk show hosts, I've seen Seinfeld do a bit about that. He said, no talk show host ever knows how much time they have left ever. And he's actually right about, oh, we're already on 20 seconds. So already we're out of here. we got to talk Eagle football in the future. Um, like it, Eagles? Crazy? What, 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 quick, 10 seconds. Yeah, well, look, if there's one team who knows how valuable a good backup quarterback can be, it's Doug Peterson and the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. It makes I don't, more I don't sense Philadelphia did, uh, the Green Bay. In the big picture, you know, Rager's a good player. Hurts can help. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.